So, remember back in the day when a song, when an album would come out, there might be a couple good songs, and you really didn't want to buy the whole album, so you'd only buy a couple songs, you'd buy the singles. Some of you are like, what is that? <laughs> this is called a record, an album. There is a record inside. So Mumford & Sons, their new album just came out, Delta. We waited a long time. Many people are uh, saying, well, I like Mumford, but I hate the new album. Then you don't like Mumford. Okay, I, I totally get it. But the thing is, is like classic albums like this Fleetwood Mac album that we inherited from Nikki's mom, um, the last song is always not that good. I mean, has anyone ever listened to the last song on this Fleetwood Mac album? They're like, no. I mean, the second side starts great, but then by the, third, the last song, it's like, or even this classic, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. This is the original, okay? No, you can't buy it. No, you can't have it. No one knows what the last song is on this album, unless you're like hardcore Elton John. Or what about this classic, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Okay? No one knows what the last song is on this album. The interesting thing about this new Mumford album is what they did is they made the last song the title track. Don't you love that little, little scratch? So Mumford decides if you want to get the title track, you have to commit to the total album. And you're like, okay, it's kind of this nice, soft, easy listening but just wait, because there's no fast-forward button, but you can do this. And then it just kind of builds, and it builds. And you get to the end of this song, and you're like, no! Because the album is over. And you're like, how do they lure me in? And then they finish. And they finish with this. And you're like, I just want more of the album. Well, today, we have arrived. It's been a long time coming. It's been a long time coming. We have arrived at seemingly the title track of Romans. And it's the last verses. The interesting thing is you say, well, there's multiple verses, but actually there's only one sentence. So, in essence, we conclude Romans with this PTI-like big finish. And yeah, it's multiple verses, but it's one big Pauline run-on sentence. On that last song there, if you haven't listened to the new album, they have this line that says, Does your love prefer the other? And that song, it just kind of resonates in my head again and again and again. And you're like, well, are Mumford, are they a Christian band? Such a blurry line these days. So here we are, verse 25. You're like, what about verse 24? I understand. I don't know. It's not there. <laughs> Many of you are like, what? Those of you that aren't like, what? Pull out your Bible, and you'll have the same experience. 
Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed, and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations, according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. Can I get an amen? Woohoo! We are done! But not really. It's an interesting thing because if you remember back to the first chapter of Romans, Paul actually says in Romans chapter 1, verse 11, he says, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. And he concludes with this idea of the strength of the gospel. Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel. So I grew up with a dad who had this motto, if you aren't bleeding, you can't cry. <laughs> Some of you are like, yeah, that was me too. And so that led to me getting hit in the face with a baseball bat by John Mulhair in his backyard, and I uh, have a hole in my face, and I'm bleeding, and my dad says, he has the audacity to say, you can cry now. What does strength look like? I've always loved lifting weights. I got to, into lifting weights because my older brother, the one that didn't come for Thanksgiving, if you know what I mean, he was into lifting weights. And so we would ride our bikes from the middle school to the edge, which was like this warehouse in the back of this uh, storefront in Yankton. In the wintertime, the barbells would be cold when you went in because they didn't pay the heat during the day. And I became infatuated with the strength pursuit. And my mom gave me this, uh, yesterday we were going through old pictures, and my mom, God bless her, has kept this since 1997. And it was when I was the amateur all-star athlete of the week. <laughs> In the Observer. Eric Holst, power lifter. I've always loved lifting weights. It's funny because... Even now, when I go to what I like to do, it's lifting weights because it comes easy to me. When it comes to cardio, eh, not so interested. But there is just this joy in being able to lift an excessive amount of weight. You know, on the off chance that you were to silently be run over by a Prius and you needed me to lift the car off of you, <laughs> I think I probably could. But what does strength look like to us? I mean, hear me now, but listen to me later, but believe me soon or yesterday. What does strength look like to you? Paul says, Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. In my love of weightlifting, I became also obsessed with world's strongest man. And those of you who know about World's Strongest Man know that the best World's Strongest Man of all time was Magnus Veer Magnuson. Any anybody who has basically two names is amazing. But the guys today are just excessive. You know, right, 2018, World's Strongest Man was the mountain. Some of you are like, who's the mountain? Your neighbor's saying, winter is coming. I mean, Eddie Hall lifting 11 Hundred pounds off the ground. 
You're like, that guy is strong. But what is strength and where do we find our strength? In our finances, our friendships, our families, our fitness, our independence, our homes, our employment, our citizenship. All of those things become worldly signs and invisible things of strength, but are they actually true strength? Maybe you find your strength in your rugged individualism, which is actually a curse. Paul here says to the Roman church as he's concluding this letter, Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. They are to find their strength in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And what does Jesus' strength look like? Well, if you look at Philippians chapter 2, Paul talks about Jesus humbling himself to the point of being a servant and to the point of being crucified or dying on the cross for us. And so Paul is saying you should look for your strength in the most backwards, worldly view. The strength of Christ is found in his death and resurrection. And he says we are to find our strength not in worldly things, not in our independence, not in our physical strength, not in our health, not in our finances, not in our friendships, but in Jesus Christ, whose strength is found in his humbleness and his servanthood. So we moved on to Cherokee Trail when we first moved up here, and Nikki's grandparents were buying a new couch for the cabin, and so her grandpa brought over um, the old couch from the cabin, Nikki happened to be gone for the weekend, and he couldn't help me get it into the basement, and so we set it in the entryway, and it took me approximately five minutes, and I said, I can move that into the basement. Uh, Full-size leather couch. And so I came up with this ingenious thing. I was going to balance it in the, uh, in the stairwell, and then I would hop over the railing, and then I would slide it down the handrail while I supported it. Makes sense? You're like, why didn't you call somebody? I don't need anybody. See, independence is a curse. My biggest curse is thinking I don't need anyone else to help me. And then I found myself, much like 127 hours, sliding down the couch twists, my arm gets pinned. And for about five minutes, I thought, this is where I die. <laughs> there was only a little bit of damage to the drywall. But where do we find our strength? And how does our strength actually become a weakness? Because when we think we're strong enough, then we don't have a need for Jesus. And one of the ongoing themes throughout the whole book of Romans has been the need for Jesus Christ because of our sin and the need for His power in our lives and the need for other people and believers and friendships and all of these things. 
And yet we live under this curse of independence and finding our strength in worldly things. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. I bet every single person you would ever survey, if you ask them, would you like to be stronger, the answer is always yes. Last December I went through this bit of a crisis of belief. And someone said, well, Eric, the bottom line is you're not getting any younger. How much strength do we need? Because the strength that comes from Jesus, the gospel of Jesus Christ, is delivered to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that strength that Paul is talking about is the strength to do things that we never thought possible. It's the the strength to have conversations that we never imagined that we would have. It's the strength to overcome sin in our lives that has had its talents in us for a lifetime. The strength that Paul talks about in the power of, of Jesus Christ and the gospel that he preaches is the strength to forgive and reconcile with people who have wounded us deeply. It is the strength to say no to things when we want to say yes. I could have used that strength yesterday when I was driving to Baxter and I thought, wouldn't a fala latte just be wonderful? And can I get an amen because it's after Thanksgiving and we can drink the eggnog? I mean, my, my mind was telling me no, but my body was telling me, oh yes. The strength that Paul talks about, the strength that we have at our access through the preaching of Jesus Christ is otherworldly. Where do we find our strength? Then he goes on and he says, according to the revelation of the mystery that has been kept secret for long ages. It's great because I'm going to give you a little teaser. Spoiler alert, after the first of the year, we're going to start a new book. And we're going to look at some of these prophecies that have been hidden for ages and now are revealed in Jesus Christ. And it has been made known to all nations according to the command of the eternal God. So do you remember John Just? He left us, but the beauty is he left behind his Time Magazine subscription. And so I get to look at it, because he's not here to look at it. And this uh, week's cover says, who gets to be an American? It's an interesting question. And it got me thinking, who gets to be a follower of Jesus? You ever had that thought on a Sunday morning? where you look at somebody walk through the front door and you're like, what? What are they doing here? This is my church. It's a little bit like back in the day when you used to go roller skating and that awkward moment when they would do couple skate, then they would do backward skate, then they would do the limbo. All the while, I was sitting on the sidelines 
saying, when do I get to skate again? Then they would call, all skate, all skate. You were like, yes, I'm back in the game. One of the monumental things about Paul's letter to the Romans is that all people have access to the gospel of Jesus Christ. The inclusion of the Gentiles is a foundational truth that comes out of the book of Romans. And a lot of times that doesn't necessarily sit with us. But as Paul says, it is according to the command of the eternal God. This is exactly what God wants. He wants to hear all voices. He wants all people to come to know Him no matter where they live in the world or no matter what language they speak or what their economic status is. That all nations would come to know Him so that they would bring about the obedience of faith. My mom often says, Eric was a very compliant child. See, because I had this trick, right? My room was in the basement, and uh, my mom would say, Eric, it's time to clean your room. And I knew I could buy approximately two to three hours by saying, sounds good, Mom. And then I would not clean my room. There's a difference between compliance and obedience. I knew if I put up a fuss and said, why do I have to clean my room? Then there would be a fight. Or at least an elevated discussion. There is a difference between obedience and compliance. And Paul is saying to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God, be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. There is a difference between obedience to what God is calling us to do and compliance. You know, when when the Holy Spirit speaks into our lives and we're like, Yeah, God, I hear you. I hear you. And we think, oh, I'll buy a little bit more time before I actually have to be obedient. Okay, God, yep, I understand what you're saying. And all the while, we're being compliant, but we're not actually being obedient. And Paul is concluding this letter by saying, the whole point of this The whole point of this is to move us to a place of obedience to faith. We hear the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he has died for us and has been raised. He has taken care of the sin problem that exists in our lives when we come to him in faith. And we need to be obedient. You say, well, obedience is hard. Yeah, yeah. Obedience is hard when we try to be obedient on our own. When we take out the part about the strength that comes from Jesus Christ and the ability to access the power of the Holy Spirit through our relationship with Jesus.
obedient of faith to the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Wouldn't we love to bring that back into our own tradition? Just hijack it from other traditions and us Scandinavian heritage people, we would be, feel awkward about it, but we could bring it back and we could take it and make it our own. Many of you are like, please, no. <laughs> please, no. Paul concludes with this word, very truly, so let it be. Amen. Let the truth of what I have preached throughout this book, this truth of who Jesus is and the forgiveness of sins and the need for a Savior and the power of the Holy Spirit and all of these things, the inclusion of the Gentiles and the importance of relationships and discipleship and all of these things that we've been talking about and talking about and talking about, may those be true in our lives. But the interesting thing is we don't often like to listen to the full album. Sure, maybe side one. For sure, side two on this album. But there's songs and there's verses that we don't necessarily want to listen to. And Paul says that there is strength. There is strength in the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ so that all nations may be including, included to bring about the obedience of faith. To the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we come this morning. We come this morning fancying ourselves strong people. We pride ourselves in our strength. And we know that the true strength only comes from you. We know that the strength that Paul talks about as he concludes this letter to the Roman church is strength that we can only find in you. Strength to be freed from the sins that exist in our lives. Strength to be obedient to you. Holy Spirit, may you work in our hearts. May you move in our minds. May you prompt us about the importance of the power of your strength that we may not be dependent on our own strength that we may not pride ourselves in our independence that we may pride ourselves in our obedience to you and your son move in us today in Jesus' name, amen.